Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Mr. P, how are you today? Hey, good, good. How have you been? Good, good, good. Heading back. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the studio the week after next. Yeah, it's been nice to stay here, but uh, time to go home. Yeah, I'm ready to go home, too. We're ready. Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show. Tom Zappala with Red Sox Hall of Famer Rico Petroselli. Uh, before we uh, we have a great show today, we've got uh, our good friend James Fiorentino, the renowned artist, coming on shortly, followed by our guest host, who is just a great guy, uh, Mike Hefner from Leland's Auctions. And then later on in the show, uh, we're going to bring a third man in. Brian Drent's going to be joining uh, Mike, Enrico, and myself. We'll just talk about the hobby. Actually, yeah, Brian's got some cool stuff going on, too. But first, our headline. Breakup of the PSA Set Registry Hall of Fame 1968 top set with 572 PSA 10s is highlighting the Mile High Card Company auction. One of the hobby's most perfect 1968 top set is about to hit the auction block. Uh, whether it stays intact or is sold in pieces is up to bidders. Mile High Card Company will kick off its next catalog sale by offering the set both as single lots or individually. Whichever total brings the most money to the consigner is how the set will change. In all, 572 of the 598 cards in the set have been graded Gem Mint 10 by PSA, including the uh, number 280 Mickey Mantle, 247 Johnny Bench rookie card. The set carries a 9.94 GPA and a 10.90 set rating. It's an incredible set that has earned uh, a PSA Set Registry Hall of Fame rating, but it's just the start of a truly incredible event, says Mile High Card Company CEO and President Brian Drent, and he will be joining us a little later on. For more information, you can go to sportscollectorsdaily.com, sportscollectorsdaily, our good friend Rich Miller and the staff there. They do a great job. All right, let's bring in our first guest, our good friend James Fiorentino, who has a really cool event that's going to be taking place may 5th through july 8th at studio 7 fine art gallery in bernardsville new jersey hey james hey guys hey, how are you james how you doing tell us hey, all about it man oh. this is this is a big one yeah this is exciting i i've been with this gallery for many years um it's a beautiful gallery in burnsville new jersey uh beautiful part of new jersey so it's a great uh, opportunity for collectors to come out from the tri-state area, whether you're coming from New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, um, you know, you're able to get to this gallery, which has inc- incredible artists. Um, this particular show um, is probably the biggest show I've ever had there. I think it's going to be in three to four rooms. Wow. Um, it's going to showcase, uh, you know, highlighting mainly my new elite project I've been working on for the last two years. And, you know, they're larger paintings. They're they're 22 by 30 original watercolor. So when they're framed, they're they're pretty large. So it'll be, um, you know, most of those will be there, including some of the there's only one paintings uh, to showcase, which 
Uh, truthfully, there's not even really many left, but may showcase some of the pieces that uh, are in people's collection. Uh, some other um, sort of vintage pieces that I've done over the years. And then, you know, people who come in who obviously know me from my sports work um, get to see some of my uh, landscape portrait and, you know, wildlife artwork, which is in many museums and galleries around the country um, all the time. Very, wow. very, very. Look, look at the one. Look at the uh, paintings behind you. It's. Uh, I mean, that bench. They're is, beautiful. I mean, it really Johnny, is that's Johnny Bench, uh, catcher. Yeah. So that's so. Johnny the, Bench. So the, wow. The, yeah, the elites are really cool. I mean, basically, it's 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 sort of what I've been doing for the last thirty years, but it's painting the most legendary players in all sports. You know, painting them at that larger size, and they're all autographed originals. So. Um, you know, the bench was signed and, and, you know, I've met him many times, but got to see him recently at, at the Philly show uh, a few weeks back. And, um, you know, that's what the set's all about. It's got all these great players from, from Mike Trout, from current players like that, to Bobby Hull and Steph Curry and Mike Tyson, Mean Joe Green, Bradshaw, you know, all different sports, all different legends. But I think the key is that they're, they're autographed as well, which, you know, makes it for that combination of something that's you know, high end in the hobby, but also a fine piece of art. James, you know, do you have, a? I mean, you must have an audience uh, for nature and wildlife paintings. Do, is there a, a segment of your, of your work that people loved? I mean, regarding uh, nature and, uh, you know, wildlife? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I've always considered myself, like I've probably said on the show before, a watercolor artist, a painter, an illustrator, just happened to become very famous over the years with my sports art. Um, but you know, my landscapes in, in recent years have really been showcased pretty well in some national books and magazines, but the wildlife work, whether it's North American animals to even African, but, you know, collectors from all over the country buy that work because I'm very lucky where they go into shows with artists for conservation, site of animal arts, and they travel to these great museums, some of which can be in England. And so you start to bring in this audience there's also a great crossover of a lot of collectors of mine who happen to collect sports who also love nature and and will collect that work as well fishing uh, a lot of the athletes i know in baseball at least in the past golf and fishing you know they like <laughs> so uh all of that stuff is great but um it's amazing the stuff you've done and uh just uh Rico, you young, had a question for him regarding well, paint. I, we, I uh, want to hear it. I want to hear the well, question. All right, let me, let me say it because uh, I watch. There's a guy on here. We're in Florida. I forget one of the small stations, like, and he does. Um, Watercolors? Uh, no, he does painting, but uh, it's of um, mountains and, and trees and all that. Landscaping, I guess, right? And it's a, it's just a, boggles my mind how the you guys mix the paint how the heck do you get the color by mixing a you know a yellow and a brown i mean uh, did you have to go to school for that or you just kind of learn on your own yeah you know i certainly for me and for probably most people who are painting i mean who are professional like yeah i started doing this like i mentioned very young and was lucky enough to get private lessons when i was eight so when you first start it's almost like when you're learning hitting or the basics of baseball, right? You learn the yeah. basics of paint and color and the color wheel and getting them down and mixing. I think the thing for me is the medium I use, which is watercolor, is so unique in the way that I do it. 
And that's what separates me from guys who, you know, you're seeing guys painting in oils and acrylics. Uh, my niche is watercolor. It almost looks like oil or acrylic, but I do think that the mixing of the paints, especially when I'm doing a lot of there's only one and doing the old vintage cards, you know, and, and Tom, you, you could attest to this, like you're really trying to get some of those exact colors of those yeah. cards back then. And they're specifically, you know, those cards are known for specific colors. And so it's fun to, right. to try to get that. And yeah, that takes, you know, years and years of practice of, so, of you know, cause it dries differently on the paper. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're, we're pretty uh, sure that you don't buy your paints from Hobby Lobby, correct? <laughs> <laughs> No, no. They uh I'll tell you what though, if you see my studio, my work, I do use cake form. So it is funny because people think they look like your typical uh watercolors that like you know a little kid would use, but I use a lot of mix of Windsor Newton German paints and French paints, you know, pretty expensive paints, but even that makes a difference, right? Like the brushes you use, the paint, every color is different for every brand. And just yeah. with the experience, you know, you kind of realize how that flows on the paper, right? That's great. So That's what is your website stuff. address, James? So it's jamesfiorentino.com and you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. I'm constantly promoting all my new works, my events. Uh, again, very excited. Just came off the Philly show. Um, this will be one of the biggest shows at, at, um, at Studio 7. It gives people an opportunity to come in if they can't come in for the opening, which is Friday, May 5th. That show is there for several months. Uh, sometimes you can make private um, you know, meetings with me there. So uh, it's a wonderful show. Like I said, it gives people an opportunity to be also outside of the hobby where they can come into a gallery form and setting, which is really where I like my paintings to be seen the most, quite frankly, and, and you know, get a chance to meet me as well. Okay, great. Uh, we wish you the so, best with the event yeah, and uh, hopefully we good. will see you at the National. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. If not, we'll be seeing you guys in Boston, right? We're here, brother. Take Whoa. care. Thanks. James Fiorentino. Yeah. Great what a job. talent, boy. Oh, man. You know, I, you know, I used to be able to paint like that. Well, I had a son that went to school in Boston for one of the top schools, art. He's, uh, I can't make a straight line. He, he <laughs> paint and everything. It's All right, let's bring in our guest host. Uh, yeah. A, a, a friend of the show's been, been, been a tremendous supporter of the show. And Rico, this guy. This guy. Talking, no, his, he hates talking about it, but his really? collection is something that you freaking have to see. And we have the pleasure of, of see, we're going to talk about it. Mike yeah. Hefner from Leland's, the uh, CEO and president of Leland's. Michael, how are you, brother? Good. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> Things are well. Michael, you have a an amazing auction uh, that ends on the 22nd of April. Can you just give us an overview of it, and then we'll get into some specifics. I'm, I'm really proud of this one, I think, uh, and I'm proud of everybody here for bringing in the material that we have. There's a lot of fresh material, which we seem to get um, more so than other auction houses because we've been around for 40 years, which is longer right. than anybody else. So um, somebody said it to me yesterday. Another dealer said it to me best, I think. Uh, he said, boy, there's no problem finding something to bid on in this auction because we have something from everything. Um, there's Babe Ruth items, there are Pele items, there are uh, some racing items, there are football items, there, there's just, there's stuff for everybody. And you don't have to be a, a gazillionaire to bid either. We have items in there that are worth, you know, that are going to sell for a million dollars. We have sure. items in there that are going to sell for $500. So 
we have something for everybody. So I'd encourage anybody out there who's into cards or memorabilia to take a look at the current auction, which, like you said, uh, ends on April 22nd. Rick? I think I think for collectors that that's really important to know that, you know, there's all kinds of prices and items, you know, but uh, are there any uh, auctions or have you had any auctions which is say just just vintage or, you know, saying just or a particular type of uh, memorabilia and that's it? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good question, Rico. Over the years, we've had photo, we've had photograph auctions with just vintage photography in them. We've yeah. had stadium auctions with just stadium memorabilia in them. We've had a, a few, you know, in the last couple of years, we've had a couple of auctions that just have modern cards in them. So we do some, sometimes we do the specialty mm-hmm. auctions, but it seems like an auction like this, uh, this month's auction, the big, the, the catalog auction is the one that people like the most, because like yeah. I said, there's something oh, sure. for everybody. You don't have to be just into photographs or just into football or just into baseball. There's something in there for everybody and at mm-hmm. varying price ranges. You know, Hef, we know you're a vintage guy. Uh, it's in your DNA. <laughs> question question is over the last couple of years i mean obviously there's been a big influx of what's happened in the modern and ultra modern world has it been kind of like a baptism under fire for you to learn about modern and ultra modern yourself <laughs> i mean like because I honestly they, everybody tells me the same thing the uh, jp's the uh, uh, the the gradies they said, yeah, I mean, they really, it really took, they, they had to really dive in and really learn that part of the business. But you have, yeah, well, you have joined us. Yeah, one mistake. Don't listen to Grady. But um, <laughs> I think that I, I, I haven't fully embraced it because I am a vintage guy and I've been collecting vintage for 40 years. But luckily, we have some very intelligent people here at the office who do embrace it and they do like it. You know, one of them being Jordan, who I know comes on the show sometimes. He's been such and, a breath of fresh air for us with educating us. Yeah. He speaks the language and um, you know, it seems almost like the, the hobby is sort of divided now. Um, not necessarily in a bad way, but it's sort of, you have a group of collectors who collect modern and a group of collectors who collect vintage. Um, some of the, some of the modern guys collect uh, vintage also. But very rarely do I see it where there's a vintage guy who collects modern. You know, I tried to, I, you, the only way you Good really point. learn this stuff, the modern stuff, is by buying and selling it. There's no other way to do it. And that's like I tell most people, they say, how do you get into this hobby? How do you get into this business? And you have to dive in. There's no books you can read. There's no school you go to. You have to dive in and start buying and selling stuff. And that's when you really gain knowledge of the material. We are and, chatting uh, with Mike Hefner from mm-hmm. Leland's. Go ahead, Rick. No, I was going to say, I mean, you got Gehrig, got a 1928 Gehrig uh, card, uh, Ruth, uh, guys like that. The vintage, uh, it'll always be alluring, you know, to, uh, people want, would love to have that as long as they can afford it. Yeah, but, tell us about uh, that 28 exhibit card, that uh, Gehrig yeah. card. Well, we have a couple. We have this is like the exhibit auction. We have four lots of great exhibit cards. We have uh, the partial set. Then we have the Gehrig rookie that's just it's freshly graded. It's 1925, graded 4.5. To me, it looks better than a 4.5, but the highest grade is a six. So this card is going to sell for you know upwards of a million dollars. It really should. Yeah. And um, we have 
the uh, 1928 Gehrig, which is signed, which is a one to two, again, the highest graded. Um, and then we have, you know, a Babe Ruth, a really nice Babe Ruth exhibit card. So uh, three, actually, the, the Ruth and Gehrig are fresh to the hobby, uh, the, the unsigned. Uh, those are fresh. And um, as far as I know, that set that someone put together, that one has never been offered as a set before. Now, that's a near complete set, correct? Near complete. And you could easily complete that set with the Ruth and Gehrig that we have in the auction. Wow. So it's only very missing cool. those two cards. Very, very, very cool. nice. Uh, you know, I, uh, I saw a movie uh, over here. This is weird. The stations in Florida, and they have uh, ba a baseball movie, of course, with the start of the season. And there was one, St. Louis, uh, Dizzy Dean, a movie about Dizzy Dean. It was, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought it was. Uh, but guys like him, though, I mean, they make movies about, but people, they're just not as much interest. And, and a guy like Dean, or is there? I think Dean's still a guy. His name rolls off the tip of your tongue. I mean, people say, when you say Dizzy Dean, there was like a race car driver named Dizzy Dean, too. So <laughs> there are a couple of different Dizzy Deans. But when if yeah. you're in St. Louis, people know who Dizzy Dean That's is. True. If you're That's in Seattle, true. Washington, I'm not so sure. Right. But yeah. um, <laughs> those guys are still, you know, they're great Hall of Famers. There's some great yeah. Hall of Famers. There are the hobby goes well beyond Ruth Gehrig and DiMaggio, you know? Yeah. Well, There's, you know, yeah, something, that's right. you, you, Rico, you guys are hitting on a, on a, on a, on a pretty cool topic. Uh, half look at guys like uh, Kiki Kyler or, or Dizzy yeah. Dean, or uh, I don't know, even you know, maybe Ted Lyons. That's a little lesser of a player. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, pick, pick a Bill Dickey. Those, those players still, as vintage great Hall of Famers, they don't seem to get the love that Rogers Hornsby. Rogers Hornsby say that's perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Why? Why aren't they getting the love that they deserve? It's the cities, the cities that they played in, the, the fact that some of them never played on a World Series team. You know, the same goes for modern day players. You know, if you don't play in New York or you know, LA or you, you don't have a ring, you know, there's not as much respect there. Is, is it fair? No. But does it happen? Yes. I, I'm a big collector. I love Hack Wilson. You know, Hack Wilson in the Hall of Fame, the, the 190 yeah. RBI. It, it's Unbelievable. Just, you know, he put up some crazy stats. And he was this little guy, you know, five, whatever, five, yeah. six, five, seven. And yeah. he was like this little spark plug. So, you know, not a, not a household name, but a Hall of Famer and a guy who's cool to collect. There are a lot of photos, a lot of cards, a lot of autographs. Not a lot of autographs because he died pretty young, but... You know, that's the kind of thing that I think we have a lot of niche collectors and people who collect those type of guys in the hobby. Otani and Trout, uh, both seem to you know, look like the Hall of Famers, and they're the bit, big names. And, of course, Judge, they're the big names. It's, uh, they're always in, out. You in know, the modern market. In the modern yes. market. And if Trout and Otani were in New York – Oh, I, I think it'd be, you know, oh, that's a good point, sight. Rico. Yeah, that's but a very good point. Not that the, the value uh, of their cards would be less. I don't know. But uh, these are two guys that you would say, I would think you as a collector, you'd want to get those cards. Rico, you know even, something? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I think even, uh, you know, not taking anything away from Aaron Judge, but put Aaron Judge in California on the angels, you know, I don't know if it would have, you know, yeah. what he did was, was incredible. It would have stood out anywhere, 
But, you know, before that, you know, Aaron Judge was not the most collected guy in the world. Now mm-hmm. he is one of the most collected guys in the world. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we are chatting with Mike Hefner from Leland's. We have a lot to talk about. I want to get into, man, you got a 51 Bowman mantle. you got a 51 Bowman mm. maze. We're going to talk about some of the unbelievable items in this, and then we're going to talk about the hobby as a whole. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. Are you a collector looking for that rare trading card or autograph ball or photo? If so, then PB Collectibles in Newport is the place for you. PB Collectibles has graded cards, raw cards, complete sets, and wax boxes of the stars of the future, today, and from the past. We also offer a large selection of both vintage and modern cards. So whether you're looking to add to your collection or sell it, visit us at PB Collectibles, 269 Spring Street in Newport, located across from St. Mary's Church. We are your neighborhood card shop and much more. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, We will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. 
Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Marshall's Mike, Mike Robbins Oh, Mike does? He's got, he has a good voice. You're going to hear it. It's like... Yeah, his enunciation like, is uh, We're back, good. guys. I'm sorry. We are back. We are They're back <laughs> on deck with Rico <laughs> Petroselli. Don't mind me and the audience interrupting your conversation, of course. <laughs> well, it gives them a little idea what goes on. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Glad you know we weren't saying anything. You know something? Uh, and we're not even going to edit that because no. we're having a discussion. Thank anyway, God for Chris. <laughs> it is time for our segment on deck with Rico, brought to us each week by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to Robert. EdwardAuctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. All right, Rico, this week's question. Yeah. Just, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Is This was submitted by a gentleman whose name is Paul Loretta. Paul Loretta. And oh. here's the question. Sure. What was the single best game of your career? Wow. The single best game of your career. But uh, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to hear about the the the, uh, whole, the World Series. Oh, no? Regular well, season. Regular uh, season. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll talk about the World Series. All right. No, that's all right. Uh, don't mind. Uh, the game against Vita Blue. Uh, it was like a World Series. We were in first place in the um, Eastern Division, and uh, Oakland was first place. And he was uh, just a great young pitcher and uh so they made this it was like a world series atmosphere at fenway and uh uh yeah both in both in first place and i hit two home runs off him off a blue yeah one the straightaway center one the left center and i i saw the ball pretty good off him but uh he he was uh, just a, well a great athlete and a, a, just a tremendous pitcher and he went on to win MVP rookie of the year and all that but that I, that to me uh, it was it was meaningful of course by the end of the season we came in third and uh, Oakland went on to you know win a world series but hey uh that but that game was very very exciting all right, so now a follow-up question. And uh, half jump in here anytime. You know. No, I know. What about, what about uh, how, you played in how many? Let me see. You played in seven, 14 World Series games? Yeah. 14, yes. 14 World Series games. What was your best World Series game? Well, 67 and game six. Uh, you know, I hit two home runs. Uh, I think I put us ahead one nothing. You know, we want to we when we had to win that to obviously you know get to the next game, and so I was part of that. And that and in that series, I think it still stands that me, Reggie Smith, and Yaz all hit home runs back to back to back. Really? Yeah, cool. or at least three wow. home runs the same inning. 
Very cool. Uh, yeah. And so that was, you know, that, that was a it was thrilling. <laughs> I have one question for Rico. Go ahead. Sure. And, and, and I don't know if it's been asked before or not, but who's the catcher who talked the most crap when you were up to bat? Rico? That's a good question. That is a good who, question. Who's the guy who gave you the most problems or, or all players? In uh, you're talking about talking trash. Yeah, talking trash, trying to distract you. Who was the guy? Thurman Munson. He was yeah. good at it. Was he, he was good at it. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of? Is there anything? That, what would he that say? He yeah, that you could say. Oh, on, your family. Hey, yeah, you the family. Or he says, "Hey, even good." You know, the fans out in left field. They're, they're, do you hear any of that stuff? You know what they're, they're talking about. <laughs> As soon as you start saying, oh, no, not really. I, uh, you and then know, you start listening. Yeah, and I'm from New York, so they knew I was from New York. And said, you got any friends here, family? I said, no, nah, not the strike one. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah Munson, was, he, he was good at it. But there were, cool. there were one or two other guys. Duke Sims, who uh, was with Cleveland, he was another guy <laughs> who, who would do something similar. <laughs> Would but yeah, ever get nasty? Would they get nasty? No, or, no, no, no. That would that would piss you off, and you know you'd yeah. get up there and you'd really want to. Right. Well, wait a second. When you got into the jam with the Yankees in '67, who was behind the plate? Was it the Ellie Howard? No, no, no. He was playing for you guys by then. Uh, who was behind the plate for 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 uh, you know the Joe Pepitone? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking uh, Jake Gibbs. I think Jake. It was Gibbs. Jake Gibbs. Yeah, I think Jake was 67. Um, no, Ellie wasn't there. <clears throat> yeah, he was with you guys. I by then, think correct? so. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Listen, let's get back to half. Yeah. Yes. Mike, you got a 51 Bowman and you have a 51 Bowman maze. Tell us about those cards. I, you know, I got to help bring the love up for the for the 51 uh, Bowman mantle. I have one and I, I, I got to get the value up. Help me here. <laughs> well, I mean, the value is already high. <laughs> Compared to what they were selling for five years ago, I think good you're point. doing pretty well, Tom. That, that's a good point. Uh, but no, the, the 51, I mean, it is the true rookie card. The 52, I mean, uh, it is Mickey Mantle's first ever card. And, uh, you know, no one's ever going to be able to take that away. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's the deal. It's his rookie card. And, and it kind of irritates me sometimes when people say about the 52 tops being his rookie card. It's his rookie tops card. Um, you know, it's a matter of semantics. But... Did uh, I think we froze? Uh, I think I might have lost him for a second. Yeah, that okay. happens. Our, um, oh, there he is. Oh, there we go. To me, it, it's a lot prettier. It's a lot more of a you know of a, of a card that you can sit and stare at. Whereas the fifty-one Bowman is just it's there. So you don't push uh, a particular card on consignment, right? From collectors, the, that's what these cards are, or are they from? Any, oh, they're any, from consignors, any collector. Consignors, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So you 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 wouldn't uh what if they ask you, say, you know, I got a Garrett card. Could you push this card a little more to get more out of it? Or do you just let good it question. let the people do? Fair question. Yeah, really good question, Rico. And and guys do that. And you know what? I, I have to believe in the product that we're selling. So if people ask me my opinion, whether this is a good investment, whether this and they do all the time, whether this is a nice example. I always try to be honest with them. Um, I, mm. I don't downgrade the material in any way, but you know, if it's something that I really, really think, like uh, you know, to me, like that Walter Johnson baseball, we have the highest graded Walter Johnson baseball. It's graded oh. an overall eight. It's the highest mm. graded. It's wow. probably the nicest one on the planet. 
And I love that thing so, so much. So just out of my pure collecting love for it, I'm sort of pushing it. Um, that's not to say I'm not pushing other things. You know, everything in the catalog, everything in the auction is yeah. special. It's it's in there sure. for a reason. And uh, but guys do come, Rico, and they say, "Could you push my my piece?" Like, listen, I'm not going to treat you with anything more so than anybody else. Yeah, you know, of so, course. You know, I, I people ask me, I'm going to give them my opinion, but I'm not going to go over and above and you know just call everybody. <laughs> okay, on my so 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 you Tom, so forget it. So here's my question. So after this auction, when is your next auction? And by the way, did you know that I have a first edition signed copy of Pitching in the Pinch signed by Christy Matheson? I would just love to give that to you at some point. Yeah, it right. sounds like a push, Tom. <laughs> yeah, like right. Um, and the next auction after this one's going to be uh, it's going to be our uh, our late summer, early fall auction. That's so, good. That's a good time. Um, that's a good time. Uh, you know, let's get back to the Walter Johnson baseball. I, Walter Johnson, to me, uh, I, there's a special place in his heart for me, you know, in my heart for him. I just think he was just a great guy. You know, we did a lot of research on Walter Johnson with all the books that we've done. Just a good man, a good, solid uh, human being, and just a great pitcher. Uh, your thoughts on him. It, was he the greatest of all time, in your opinion, Hef? I mean, in my head, I, I never said this publicly, but in my head, I think I often think of Walt Johnson as being the Babe Ruth of pitchers. I mean, same time period, same, you know, but he is just, he's a name. I mean, I guess you could have an argument about Matthewson, Johnson, um, but Cy Young, Cy Young during yeah. that era. Yeah, but, but, you know, Cy Young, he won the most games, but he also lost the most games. Right. But right. Walter Johnson was just, you know, Walter Johnson was an incredible pitcher. And, and you know, Rico, I don't think he, is, he doesn't get know, enough love. I don't think he does either. Rico, you know, you being a very good hitter, I don't know if you've ever seen slow-mo, slow-motion uh, film of Walter Johnson. But I can tell you right now, Walter Johnson could pitch today, and I'm going to tell you why. You know, I'm not. You know, he didn't throw a hundred mile, hundred mile an hour fastball. He may have thrown in the mid nineties, I would think. Probably. But he yeah. used to throw three quarter. He used to come across his body three quarter, and I think that was his success half because it was such a tough, so hard to pick the pick up the ball. Yeah. I mean, Plus, if he did yeah. that, he probably his ball probably had sunk. Was a sinker too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Coming across and and going down. Oh, it had to be. Yeah. Uh wow, that's I mean really just, tough. Ninety five miles an he, hour. He almost threw it like a like his 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 arm was almost like an elastic. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he would he would was come so long, right? You know? And he but he, he would come so three long. quarter. Never yeah. came over the top. It was very difficult well, guy to hit. Right? I know, I know. I almost pinch hit against him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Uh, I have, let's talk about, and then I want Rico to tell you the, uh, uh, the story. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about the game What's used root, root bat, the game used root yeah, bat. The, that, yeah. the root bat, it's an incredible piece. Uh, and again, just like the Walter Johnson ball, this is the first time that those, those items, the root bat and the Walter Johnson ball have ever seen the light of day. The wow. first time they've ever been sold. They were in families. Wow. Um, they, you know, they were never on the collector's market. The Ruth Bat's incredible. The Ruth Bat dates from the, the late 20s, possibly 1928. It is, uh, I think it's 40 ounces, which is a war club. You know, he was Jeez. still using in that period a pretty heavy bat. He went to a lighter That's... bat. 
uh, in the 30s when he started to get older. But that's a Rico can attest. Oh, get God, that um, it's a log. Thing. That is yeah, a log. That, that had to you be have to be, but, you have um, to be and, it, and it's signed. So we have it's graded nice. a nine. I would have graded it higher. I always say that, but but <laughs> it looks like a ten to me. So the Ruth bat, it, it's a beautiful game used bat, and then to top it all off, it's signed by Ruth. So mm. you know, it, it doesn't get any better. There, I mean, it, so it, I mean, what, what's the, what's the estimated price on something like that, Mike? I mean, if you had a venture, yes. I was a half a million dollars or more. It's got to be. It's got to be right. Non conservative. I tried to be conservative. You know what's great? You know what's great? I was just thinking of uh, you talking about Ruth and and uh, Garrig and them. It's great to see that they have some video or film on. Oh them. God, Rico, that's like gold. Yeah. It's Isn't like it gold. something? I mean, you know, pe- people say, "Well, who is Ruth?" The younger people, you know, who is Ruth? If they, if they ever get a chance to to see some of the video, and, and you know what they've done now, Rico? They've enhanced because of technology. They've enhanced a lot of the film clips that you see i just watched one a couple of weeks ago with sound and it was it looked like i was watching it on netflix it was babe ruth and lou garrick taking batting practice you know it was yeah, just yeah. it was just great, oh, great to watch stuff. that just you know and by the way you know rico has played uh, uh batted against a few uh great players rico why don't you tell half about uh your experience with satchel page oh <laughs> Satchel Page, yeah, in uh, what year? Sixty-five. Uh, uh, with Kansas City, Kansas City. It was, it was went Kansas to City. Oakland, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, the owner he was a little Charlie Finley, of course, yeah, Charlie O and his his uh, donkey there with that that horse <laughs> was worth more than the team, not horse <laughs> with the donkey, whatever the hell it was. But anyway, yeah, so. He comes up with the idea. He brings Satchel Page in, and he puts him in the bullpen, outside the bullpen, in a rocking chair. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yep. the, when we the photos. First, yeah. yeah, first game, you know, he's rocking, and they announce it. Hey, everybody cheer, cheers and stuff like that. And so the announcer comes out that he's going to pitch. The next <laughs> what are day. you guys saying when all this is going on? I was saying you got no. We were like amazed to just haven't seen him at the ballpark. And here he comes. He the next day he's loosening up, and you say guys were saying don't hit it back to the mound because you know might he doesn't have the, <laughs> the reflexes. Is that reflex might kill him? Oh yeah. But, okay. but hold on. Preface this by saying the season's over for both teams, pretty much. Oh right? yeah, we both yeah. stunk. Yeah. You both stunk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kansas City. Yeah, he just started signing all those right. you know, great players, but. um so, uh, Joe Foyer, somebody got up, and he, we, you know, when he came back, he struck out. When he came back, he said, "What is it?" He says, "You should see his his sinker. He's got a sinker about ninety two miles an hour. <laughs> he was probably eighty years old or something." <laughs> and he's, I said, "No kidding, my goodness!" And he pitched three innings, gave up one hit to Yaz. Yaz hit a double off him to left center, and he struck out. Guy ground ball, ground ball. He was amazing. He had that old, you know, that, uh, the, uh, yeah, well, how yeah. they used to throw and all Slow that. Line. And yeah, you could, you couldn't see him. That was yeah. so I can imagine when he was young. I would say he was probably pushing 60 at that time. Oh, easy, oh, he easy. Had a, right. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he came up in the 30s early. Yeah. He's playing in the, in the 30s. Yeah. Oh, Did you God. get the bat against him, Rico? No, 
No, I uh, no? I said no. I struck out of against a lot of really good. Uh, no, but Rico, you, that just happened to no. be you didn't play that game. No, that game. right? Yeah, I don't know where the yeah. people were in. So I was a rookie, basically. Yeah. And uh, but it was what what was just great that to was see him. Incredible! Oh, geez, yeah. you should see him. I mean, he was. Uh, he had that big, long, similar to you were talking about um, Johnson. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Paige's arms were so long. Jeez, yeah. yeah, so it was a thrill. You know, we are chatting with Mike Hefner from Leland's. Mike, you've got a zillion signed baseballs. Can you tell us about some of them besides the Walter Johnson? We have Walter Johnson. We have a beautiful Babe Ruth. It's just a stunning, stunning signed single sign baseball. You know, mm, yeah. smack dab on the on the sweet spot. I forget. I think it's graded at signatures at nine. No, wait, it's right here actually in my cal- Yeah, signatures graded at nine. PSA nine. Um, we have some other really nice balls. We have a Casey Stengel ball. We have some really nice uh, championship team signed balls. Um, just about everything. I got the catalog right here. We have a Ruth Gehrig signed ball. Um, just. Just baseballs Mike, galore. There's a lot of them in there. What's the best way to preserve these baseballs? Is it that thing that they put them in? What do you the call cube? it? That plastic cube. You, have to be, cube. you really have to be careful with the cubes because some of them, the ball will be loose and it'll bounce around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a cube, you want to make sure it's a pretty snug cube. Now, if you really want to be safe, you put some some acid-free tissue paper in there. With the baseball, oh, but it's really? got to be okay. acid free. Um, you got to wow. keep the baseball out of the light. I've seen so many collections where their baseballs, their signed baseballs, were ruined, literally yeah. ruined, faded they to fade. obscurity mm-hmm. by the light. So yeah. that's really important. Also, the humidity, humidity, the leather, certain baseballs from certain eras, for instance, the early 80s baseballs, the, the official major, major league and national league baseballs tended to tone more than the 19, early 1970s baseballs because of the leather that they were using. Mm-hmm. So you have to be wow. really careful. Humidity will make the ball tone to a, to a brownish. It'll get spots. Baseballs yeah. are a tricky thing to preserve. So keep them out of That's the light, good. out of high humidity. It's good Have, for the collector. I want to touch upon uh, one of the most incredible uh, collections I've ever seen, and that's yours. Uh, Ellen and I had the honor and pleasure of uh, you inviting us into your house uh, when we were writing, uh, when we were putting together the Diamondbacks collection. And I was just blown away by your collection. I mean, you had, that was museum hall of fame quality that you had in there. And I'm not, I'm not just talking Rico, you know, three or four mm. bats. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of items, but there were two things that sticked out besides the sports stuff, which I want to ask you about. Number one, your guitar collection. You have an amazing electric guitar collection. Can you, wow. can you share who some of the, some of those guitars belong to? Well, the, the guitar collection, I always wanted to be, you know, I think this is part of collecting. You know, I wanted to be a major league baseball player when I was a kid. I also wanted to be a rock star when I was a teenager. So, you know, and then I wanted to become a professional wrestler. None of those things happen. So (laughs) I lived vicariously. And I think a lot of collectors (laughs) do this through the memorabilia. The the guitars are not a major portion of my collection, but I have a few. And my favorite is one of Eddie Van Halen's guitars from the, you know, the, the, the red, black and white ones. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I made a Kramer. From from the nineteen um, circa nineteen eighty four, right in that era. But um, you know, I still want to become a rock star. And believe it or not, I, the guitar that I play, I cannot play worth a crap. 
Okay, my fiance, <laughs> the new baby, they try every time Forget I get it. down in the basement and play yeah. that guitar. Okay. So, but is I, I have a, a Steve Howe guitar from Yes, the guitar is from Yes. Wow. And I actually yes. play because it sounds really good. It even makes wow. my playing sound happily. You know, and, and we, have about about left. we have about a minute left for this uh, uh, segment. And Rico, the other thing he has, and I donned one of the capes. I don't know if Hefner even knows this. I put on a, he's got a wardrobe of WWE tapes from the greatest wrestlers in the world. Really? Wow. How many have, how many do you have? Oh, I I don't know, Tom, it's gotten out of control. And I really appreciate the kind comments. You know, it takes someone like yourself to, 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 to really make me appreciate my collection. I'm so blessed to have what I have. Uh, But I have a, Wrestling outfits, uh, including trunks, Rico, trunks. Trunks, too. Wow. Know, the, the uh, yeah, trunks. I mean. I, um, I, I have uh, just hundreds and hundreds of, of ring-worn items. And that, that you know, I watched WrestleMania over the weekend. You know, I, uh, yeah. you ask me what my favorite sport is? It's oh, wrestling. Wrestling. So, listen, yeah. nobody was a bigger wrestling fan than me when I was a kid. And I know, well, you actually, you, you probably know the names like uh, Spiris Arion. Oh, and, Bruno. Uh, all of the Bruno. Bruno San Martino. Rico, one of the pictures. Gorgeous George. One of the pictures I have hanging in my office is me donning a Randy Savage hat that that Hef had. It was a, it was a, it's a cowboy hat. A Randy no. Savage cowboy hat that is now I proudly hang in my office that Ellen <laughs> took of me. That's all I'm saying. You think right. they would sell, not yours, but you think they would uh, do well in oh, an auction? God. Oh, it's Big been time? picking up so much steam, Rico. Like, uh, yeah. it's just, it's really picking up. Like, a, a Randy Macho Man Savage, a, a jacket, I think, sold sold over at my good friend's heritage, uh, their auction house, uh, not that long ago, for like $15,000. That's crazy. Um, you know, the wow. robes now will sell, you know, you got a good robe, you got a good savage robe, or, uh, you know, a robe, uh, you know, all, something that Ultimate Warrior wore in the ring. You know, you're talking twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. you are talking as much as a George oh, Brown jersey now. All right, listen, we're, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, that was Mike is in the house. We come back. Hopefully, Brian Drent's going to join us also. Hang in there. We will be right back. Owned and operated online auction, specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalier and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality and premier customer service their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan pristine also works for hope sports and identity hoops international traveling to mexico to build houses for the less fortunate pristine auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day for more information go to pristineauction.com that's pristine auction the best in the business If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. 
the original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned, the highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured, climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. Your vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay vault at checkout. 
Or if it's already in the eBay vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay vault is just as easy. Every card in the vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay vault. The vault is climate-controlled, insured, and protected with 24-hour security. Soon, you'll be able to send cards already in your collection directly to the eBay vault. They will take a high-quality photo of the front and back of the card and document all the details for your viewing pleasure and to make the listing-to-sell process seamless. For more info, go to eBay, connecting buyers and sellers globally. <laughs> hey, Reek, before we bring Brian in, uh, yeah. why don't you tell us about our good friend Tom Ruggi and his wonderful company, Wealth Destiny Wealth Management. Yeah, he's a good friend, uh, Tom Ruggi, That's a folks, good guy. And the staff at Destiny Wealth Management. Now, listen, that is very, very important. If you're a card or memorabilia collector, and why wouldn't you be? You wouldn't be listening to the show, right? Or watching. Have you ever thought about how to manage your collection long term? Well, I certainly have. I look at my personal collection and uh, through the advice and expertise of Tom Ruggi, I've learned that you need a professional to help categorize, evaluate, and eventually put a liquidation plan together with dealers or auctioneers or auctioneers. <laughs> if you or your family decides to sell your collection, most importantly, you need to be aware of the tax ramifications when you liquidate. Although Zap. You know who Zap is, Tom Zappala and JM have begged me. They begged me, folks, you wouldn't believe it, to include them when it comes to time to depart with my 40th home run ball. Yeah, like they'll get it. Or my 67 World Series glove. I'm going to Tom Ruggi and the Wealth Management Group. Oh, boy, it's starting. And don't forget, Ruggi Wealth Management will also handle all of your investment needs. That's Ruggi Wealth Management the go-to company to manage your collectible decisions. Thank See, you. I'm, I'm slurring. He's a good guy. All right, let's bring in our other good friend, Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. How are you, Brian? Hello, Brian. I'm great, guys. How are you? Good, good. Everything is well. You know, I think you know uh, uh, Mr. Hefner. Hey, Hefner. know each other well. Hi, Brian. Good, good to talk with you. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. That's right. Yes, That's at good. the Strongsville Show. Hey, listen, real quickly, Brian, you know, the headline was, uh, man, I'll tell you, PSA set registry, 1968 top set, 572 PSA 10s in this set. Tell us about it, man. Isn't that crazy? It's uh, nuts. Yeah, no, we, we've sold a lot of great sets uh, uh, in the past and, and set registry sets, but but to sell a set where there's 598 cards and 572 of them are PSA 10s, and the remaining cards are only PSA 9s. That's pretty uh, pretty special. Every star card is a PSA 10, including the mantle, including you know Maze and Clemente, except for Ryan, which there's only one 10 known to exist. Uh, Ryan, Tom Seaver, and, and of all people, Tony Perez. Every other star card is a 10. Brian, is the... Um, uh, how are you going to sell them in lots yeah. individually? Uh, we're going to sell them in a, in a way that we kind of uh, 
uh, fashioned and, and I think we've become known for. We're going to sell it as a complete set. And then also as singles and our website keeps track of the uh, cumulative high bids for the singles versus the set price, letting each one know who's in the lead, whether it's the, the, the complete set and or the cumulative singles and it'll sell to the highest aggregate bidding. Rick. Mm, nice. No, I just, uh, just want to learn more about what, uh, uh, what that's yeah. available. I mean, some, I mean, that's just, that's just an amazing. Listen, I want to ask both of you guys a question. Is uh, I'm going to ask Hef first, and then Brian. Hef, is the modern market beginning to soften, in your opinion? Uh, I, I think it is. I mean, I think like the set that Brian has is a much better investment for the future. Um, you know, speaking of that set, I just I was thinking in my head, like if that set gets, it's. I mean, I understand the business, but if that set gets broken up, you'll never, ever, ever be able to put together another set like that. That's so cool. But, but back to the modern stuff, like the modern stuff is, um, you know, I think it's at a level now where it probably should have been. You know, there was there was a lot of hype and that hype just took it to a level of, you know, in some cards, two, three times what they should have been at. Now they settled down and there, I think there's still just as many people collecting them. I just think that the the values have gone down. The crazy auction prices aren't happening every day like they were two years ago. Brian? Yeah, I couldn't agree with Hef more. I, I think uh, the modern material definitely has collectability. It has a collector base. There's definitely people interested in it. It's just that the prices have come down, probably come back to where they probably ultimately should have been. And, uh, you know, going forward, I think the market will, will, uh, will write itself and then, uh, and correct itself and then, uh, prosper from there. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to go down to go up. So the collectors, that's an advantage for them right now. Buy the prices have gone down. Their favorite players. I don't Good know. Point. I don't know about Otani and, uh, you know, uh, judging and, and the real top players. I don't sure. know about them, but so, I mean, if I'm a collector, well, if I'm a collector, I, I'm a collector, and I say, "Wow, okay, geez, uh, this is a chance for me." These yeah. guys may be in the Hall of Fame, like uh, uh, what's his name? The- one of those guys. No, from the Mets, uh, uh, Scherzer and uh, Oberheim. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, you're you're right. I mean, you're making sense. But see, you hate you hate the modern. I don't hey guys, hate the modern. He hates the modern. I do not so hate the modern. <laughs> Look at him; his nose is. Growing. I don't. I listen to me. Yes, I you don't. Do. I do not. And I'm hate saying the it's a bridge for the collectors to keep going. You know, Rico Rico is like a throwback <laughs> ball player, and he's a, a modern and ultra modern guy. I, I don't understand it. No, I'm not. I'm talking about the industry. What's the advantage of the moderns? Yes. No, I'm not saying lie about them. Hey, you should do. No, you, both guys are very honest. Hey, they've gone down. But for the collector now, no kidding. Geez, maybe I can get this for a lot cheaper and I'll hold on to it and see what happens. Well, I, I, I think that's what they're, they're both saying. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, it's it, not it, bad for it, the it, industry. Yeah, it really did. I think you're right, Rico. I mean, I think. I think it brought in new collectors, which is always the goal in our hobby is to bring in new collectors and younger collectors. And that's what the modern stuff did. It rejuvenated the hobby. What yeah, about, I mean, yeah. Okay. What what about signed cards, Brian? <laughs> well, signed cards, uh, getting back, just touching on modern a little bit, uh, uh, 
you know, I was in Chicago recently for the show and then uh, Philly also. And, and I'll tell you, our shows, they look so much different than they used to look. And it's so much greater. You see families at shows, you see young oh, kids, younger people. We see people of color that we used to never see at card shows. And mm. I think that's great for all of us. Um, you know, everybody starts someplace. Uh, you know, I'm sure have started someplace you know you start with baseball cards you 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 start then you drift into memorabilia obviously uh during this uh, recent uh explosion of modern and then ultra modern cards there's been a plenty of people that have started with modern and, and worked their way back and right. uh start collecting uh you know uh, 70s and then 60s 50s and ultimately you know potentially even earlier than that so uh but getting on to uh, uh autograph cards uh, you know autograph cards are a, a, an animal on to themselves right now uh it, it's an interesting market because so much of it especially at the top end whether it's a signed 51 or 52 mantle or or maze rookies or things like that when i was coming up it was frowned on upon to, to get that kind of material signed. And now, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's one of the hottest segments of the market. Interesting. We are chatting with yeah. Brian Drent from mile high and Mike Hefner from Leland's, you know, both of you guys, I think Brian, I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, in may towards the end of may. And this is not too far from you have, uh, a good friend of us, uh, Chris Costa, uh, Rico, you know, Chris, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Billy, Billy Costa's son. Uh, yep. Chris uh, is, uh, they're doing a card show uh, at Fenway Park. And he asked me, he says, you know something? We we really, really, and he's a young kid, real good marketing guy, really wants to get some vintage, uh, a, a really nice vintage presence in there. And the, the card show is going to be held on the concourse of Fenway Park with the John Henry's blessing and all that. So something mm -hmm. you guys uh, may want to, uh, you know, follow up on. Well, that'll pack the, the, the concourses are big, beautiful, <laughs> long. beautiful. Yeah. All right. Listen, we're just about out of time. Uh, Brian, I uh, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Guys, you know, Brian came on at the you. last minute, which oh, was, man. uh, which was actually pretty comical. And, uh, Oh, Obviously, oh. half you too. Thanks so much for coming on board. It was great, uh, great talking to you. Yeah, Rico. Uh, look forward really to seeing nice. you the week after next. Uh, no, next week. No, next no, but week. I'm saying in the studio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we'll be home. We're actually we'll going to sit next to each cold. other. That's right. <laughs> bring, bring food, uh, money, and wear some cologne, will you? And cigars. <laughs> food, money, and cigars. Okay. With right. that being said, everybody, thank you so much. Guys, for your thanks support. a lot. Thank and you guys. happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.